welcome to Defiance Church. We're going to sing, Come Ye Sinners, Poor and Needy.
Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's, net, fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And this is a prayer that Emily wrote for us. Lament for pandemic. For those who are lost, we mourn. For that, for that which is broken, we cry out. With those who weep, we weep. Suffering servant, hear our prayer. For all who are alone, we invite your presence. For we who are trapped inside, we ask your freedom. For those without a safe place, we beg your protection. Help of the helpless, shelter your people. For those who labor on our behalf, healing, tending, delivering, we give thanks. For those whose work has been taken, we ask provision. For those who, for whom the world looks, the world, those, for those to whom the world looks for guidance, we entreat your wisdom. Shepherd, guide us through this shadow of death. For all that is obscured, we ask for light. For all of our selfishness, we repent. From our anxiety, we turn. God of love, cast out our fear. Sinking down, sinking down, sinking down 
sing on, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing on. And when from death I'm free, I'll sing and joyful be. And through eternity, I'll sing on, I'll sing on. And through eternity, I'll sing on. I have found a fortress This love pursued us is a mystery, for the heart is based and you are holy, yet the streams of mercy that flow over me will afford me grace to stand.
reading from Leviticus chapter 25. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is directly taken from the fields. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, saints of defiance, grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Oftentimes in scripture, almost all of Paul's letter, he greets the congregation with grace and peace to you. During this time, it's hard to believe that we can greet each other with grace and peace. Anxiety seems to run rampant. For me, at least, my body seems tense more often than it should concerning the fact I have no meetings, no place to go, and nothing to do most of the time. Kelly sent me an email earlier this week that was almost could have been said, how to have a productive quarantine. It is for us in our world to only think of productivity, to think about how we can make things better, how we can stay in control. And yet what is being revealed to us in this time is that we don't live in control. But it is God who lives in control of time and numbers our days. One of the essays I talk about often is about how we reclaim the ethical significance of the trivial. Stanley Harawas, writing in a time where everything needed to be configured, people said, in light of the fact that nuclear um, war was imminent, all of life had to be subsumed to that, said that perhaps it's time for us as Christians, knowing the God who greets us with grace and peace. To take time to invest in the trivial, to plant gardens, to make quilts, to listen to baseball games, to read novels. While some of those things have been taken from us during this time of quarantine, there still is much we can do in this time to reclaim the trivial. Not every moment needs to be productive. Not everything needs to make us more anxious. At some point, we can be and perhaps need to be the people who can shut off the noise that surrounds us. I've heard this is going to last two weeks. I've heard this will last six weeks. I've heard this will last six months. I've heard people say in the past couple days, and I found myself reading that news much myself, but perhaps it's time for us to become a people who live in a different time. This week, First Things published a couple of essays, one by Ephraim Radner and one that said, Keep the Churches Open. Radner's essay takes a different tack. Now, as you know, many of you know, I was on the Keep the Churches Open track. Seems like what we gather together is a special need, is a need worth gathering for. 
And yet, this is our time apart. It's a challenge for us. But what Radner writes in his essay, which I'm going to read and then we'll close in a time of prayer, is two things. One is that in this fallow time, we can return home and free ourselves from the need that we are in control all the time. We can cease to harvest, as we heard from Leviticus, cease to make everything, but return to one another. And the second thing is perhaps we can learn to see God's providential care in this time. So our hard words to use today. But it is indeed God who we need and God who we need to seek during this time. And his last charge for us is for us to regain the time in which we have to be Christians and to speak make what we believe known in this time. I'll read now. In the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, we should all follow the directives of public health officials and heed the advice of medical experts. Christians are no different from others in this respect. We share the health challenges and personal anxieties of all our neighbors. and We bear the same responsibilities during crisis. What Christians may perhaps offer is a special sense of the times we are traversing. Cities are locked down, borders closed, schools shuttered, production and distribution lines have unraveled, work and retirement income is threatened. These disruptions have cascaded in ways that seem novel and imaginably overwhelming. All of a sudden we see before us something we have perhaps talked about before but never really faced. The way, as societies, we have all allowed our personal lives to become enfolded and seemingly dependent upon intricate and vast network networks of collective construction that have diminished our humanity. Suddenly, we must go home, stay with our families, turn to ourselves, and we are surprisingly afraid. Yet going home is, in fact, an enormous gift. For two weeks, a month, two months, we shall see. We have been granted a fallow time in which we can return to our roots as human beings. Scripture calls such a time a jubilee in Leviticus 25. The jubilee follows within that category of Sabbath, the great moment of entering into creative power and beauty of God. It comes after a counting of Sabbaths of Sabbaths, that is, 49 years. So Leviticus says, And you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee year for you, when each of you shall return to his property, and each of you shall return to his family. A jubilee shall, shall the 50th year be to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of itself nor gather the grapes from Endes vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat what it yields out of your fields. You shall return to your family. During this time, work ceases as we live off what we are given. 
The brother or sister who is poor is brought in. The stranger and sojourner are kept safe. And as Leviticus says, you shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. The Jubilee is not simply a time of rejoicing. It is not simply a time to play enforced Scrabble games, let alone turn on the gaming council. It is a time to turn to God, to reckon God's gifts, to tend and cherish common responsibilities and the life given through birth, children, and parents. No flying around the globe, no boardroom deals, commercialized sociality, mass political campaigns pushing to get ahead or making one's mark. Instead, this is a time for living with the gift of life God has provided. In doing so, God's own being and grace is revealed to the otherwise distracted and self-absorbed creature. You shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. Here we say that it's providential that the time of the virus has come in Lent, not for penitence alone, but for the Sabbath of Sabbaths, for a place where prayer and thanks are actually nurtured and where they can flourish. This is something Christians should not only ponder, but embrace and share in a posture not of resignation, but of joyful hope. This time of virus unveils some less joyful things for Christians as well. Failures in our common witness over the years. How is it we have so little to say in formal prayer about these matters? The last century began with perhaps the most destructive pandemic in history. The 1918 flu epidemic that killed 50 million people and which consumed afflicting wide parts of the world in the wake of World War I's confusion. Then we had a pandemic of e almost equally horrendous mortality, mortality, the AIDS-HIV crisis that lingers. And only 10 years ago, we saw hundreds of thousands die in the H1N1 flu, flu epidemic, swine flu epidemic. Yet our prayer books, our songs, our collects for diseases like this, we have none. And even those uh, are lost to us. And as if the last century did not happen, let alone the history of the world, our litanies, our prayers are slimmed down and rarely said. The old 17th century collects and thanksgivings and prayers for the times of plague are long excise. We draw back from even considering the ways which God might be work at work in these tragic and overwhelming events. To pray, as the previous prayer book prays, that God might have pity upon us miserable sinners who are now visited with great sickness and mortality. Turning us to Moses, Aaron, and the Israelites in the desert, or David and his ill-advised companion census and its consequent pestilence disturbs our assumptions about God's benign supervision and our ability to control suffering. Whether we reject such considerations or not, a failure to engage with them has left many Christians wandering in the darkness of the moment. Indeed, the time of the virus has exposed deep ironies that Christians should confront, but mostly have not. Since assisted suicide was legalized and then mandated among, mandated among medical professionals in Canada five years ago, over 7,000 Canadians have been killed themselves with assistance of medical personnel and state officials. Most of these persons were aged. And at the moment that the COVID-19 reared itself in Canada in February, the government unveiled proposals to extend assisted suicide for those from whom reasonably foresee death was not imminent, including the mentally ill. 
Yet around the world we are hearing voices rightly ask. Coronavirus hits all ill and disabled people hardest. So why is society writing us off? As politicians and pundits tell us not to worry because COVID-19 is only dangerous for the elderly and those already compromised health, one wonders how it is a person's value has been so easily reduced to the triage calculations of medical costs and limited equipment. Christians do have something to say about all this, but we have failed to speak much about it over the last few years. The time of the virus is both a gift and provocation for Christians, not only for our personal faith, but for what we have to offer others. The Levitical proclamation, return to your home, for you shall fear God, fear your God, for I am the Lord your God, is a gospel for the world, but only if it is taken seriously by those who have been entrusted with deep assurances. Let us pray. God, as your people, the sheep of your pasture, the people who can pray Psalm 91 as we did today and sing songs like Abide With Me, which we are about to sing, we have been entrusted with deep assurances. God, in this time of pandemic, in which we strive to be productive, we find ourselves anxious, lonely, depressed, in which we can let fear bubble up within us. Help us become your people in a way that embraces time differently. Those of us with loved ones to be able to share this time in a way that deepens our love for you. To be able to find our time in home praying together, of worshiping together, of singing your songs as we turn off the news and noise we're surrounded by. To enjoy the sounds of your creation, to bake, to sit together. And through this, not just for ourselves, may we become a people who witness to that life is not summed up just in our productivity or in our control, but is summed up in the God whom we trust, who has met us in your son, Jesus Christ, who's forgiven us our sins, took on death himself, and been raised into a new life that we all hope and await in with your deep assurances and deep love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Deep and Lord with
Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's faint shadows flee. In life, in death, Lord, abide with me. Now our time of confession. Confess in which the ways in which we have turned aside. During this time, I think we confess the ways in which we have tried to live in control and not live as creatures of a gracious creator. Try and live as productive beings all the time. I opened the email on Wednesday with the line that every day feels like a week during this time. Perhaps during this confession, the time of silence after we pray together, you can take time within yourself to reset. To know that we have time. That God has provided this time. And that we can seek, stop trying to seek to live in control and save ourselves. Make a productive pandemic but to find time to live and rest in God's being, to eat the fruit that's already been harvested, to rest with one another, the Sabbath and break, and to see this not just as a postponement of our normal lives, but as a time that God has provided to speak to us, be near to us, to train us up into the character of his son. And so if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In humility and faith, let us confess our sin to God. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are. Direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name.
friends, let us hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen. At this time, let us pray together the prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In lieu of this time in which we cannot practice communion together, in which our community exists apart in so many ways, I want us to feel that lament. Things are not as they should be. May that renew in us the hope that we will meet again soon. And during this time, in lieu of communion, we'll recite the Apostles' Creed together. But to confess is the faith that assures us of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Together we'll pray, or sing, and pray the communion song, Jesus, Remember Me.
now would be our time of offering. During this time, we have an online giving option, which is in the weekly email, and we also uh, can receive checks in the mail at the church if you feel called to do so. But now is our time of intercession and prayer and of thanksgiving. During this morning, we'll use the words from our Wednesday morning prayer together. During the week, if you feel called to or want to, send me your prayer concerns and we'll pray them together corporately at the service as we usually do. Um, May that be a time of us remembering each other. Let us pray. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. God, in this moment, we pray for Lisa's friend, Heather, who is immune-compromised because of her cancer treatment, or Jason, his wife, Heather. And we pray that you would be near to all those who are immune-compromised during this time, that you would provide for them, that you would be a light to them in this darkness, and that you would be near to them. We also pray for for Matthew Ringer, as he anticipated being able to visit his mother who's struggling with cancer. The travel restrictions and the fear of bringing disease along with him keeps him at home. That cannot be a unique story during this time. So we pray for those who have to make those decisions. We pray for those in senior care, Clarice and Leanne across the street, Kelly's grandfather and rifle. This is a time of deeper isolation and loneliness for them. Be near to them. Guard them. While you number our days, saying goodbye to your loved ones, over technology and not being able to at all is a deep sadness. Uh, Two, and we give you thanks for those of us who have families, spouses, and kids during this time. But we also pray that you may keep us safe, keep us patient, keep us together, keep us using these days as you would have us do. God, we pray for those without family or spouse during this time. During what can become a deep loneliness, rise up within your church people to meet these people and these needs. May you be near to them in a way that they know that they are not alone, but you, their God, are a shepherd close to them. God, we pray for those students out of school, We pray for those who are missing things. We pray for teachers. We pray for the youth of the valley, that they may find this time, not just a time of free time or a time of need to be productive or learning, but they too can rest in you. God, it is not selfish for us to pray for ourselves during this time. May you free us from the noise, the anxiety, the rush, the worry. 
but stockpiling and wondering at how this will go. But let us rejoice in the time you have given us. Let us sit with one another. And through this, God, may we become people who can shine a light in the world. A world that so desperately needs you as it strives and seeks to make and control all the circumstances. God, be near to us. So we pray, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered in your name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions and may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. As we rise to sing the doxology together, you'll have an email on Monday and we'll have prayer together. Um, this format may change, and if it was meaningful to you, let me know. But we're going to continue to try and reach out together, to worship together, and be there together for one another during this trial. Please rise and sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye 